Welcome back to Fast Ship Performance. I'm Tim Davies. I'm sorry for not posting for like the last thing. It might be 10 days, maybe two weeks. I am, I'm sure some of you are aware now, I'm actually working down in Bristol for a couple of weeks, uh, probably about two and a half weeks of the month, but I'm still flying the T2 for eight to 10 hours, probably a bit more sometimes actually, uh, back up on Anglesey. So it's difficult sometimes to get these posts out. I'm trying to look at other mediums of getting information across as well. I'm, I'm going to try and interview some of the guys I know that used to fly in various services just to uh, kind of get their impressions, not really of flying so much, but of transitions from flying into business and lessons that they've taken across. I think that we could all probably benefit from those. But in the meantime, I've got another post out really, and it's something I've been thinking about for the last uh a couple of weeks really, and it's about um how we define success and what success really means to us. It's a very individual thing, but I think sometimes looking at magazines and especially Twitter, crikey, Twitter is a nightmare, isn't it? And Facebook and everything that comes up, the kind of success that we kind of feel we need is probably actually someone else's idea of success. And really, I think that's what I wanted to write about. So just for the next uh, 10 minutes, really, and again, get one of those podcast um, apps and just speed me up to one and a half times to increase your learning and minimize the time that you have to listen to me, of course. Um, This post then is tread carefully on the road to success, but make sure that it is your road. So we are all blinded by success now more than ever. Never before have we been able to see such meteoric rises of nobodies or somebodies who are able to attain significant wealth and status on the way. Take Zoe Sugg, aka Zoella. Now, Zoella is a 25-year-old YouTube V-blogger who started her channel six years ago and has over 7 million followers. As of 2015, her net worth is thought to stand at an incredible £3 million. Or the boy band One Direction. Just some guys entered a singing contest who are now officially the richest boy band in history, each of them worth £15 million. Now, I've flown fast jets for 17 years, but I don't consider myself a success. I mean, I'm not an astronaut. Now, surely that would mean I was successful. Although a lot of astronauts don't think they're successful either. It's all about how you define success to yourself. The truth is, we are constantly being told there's a level playing field out there and that in this meritocratic society in which we live, if you have some bright ideas, maybe some tech knowledge, you could be insanely famous and wealthy. But there is an issue with meritocracy. It doesn't really exist. Now, philosopher Alain de Botton says that for a meritocratic society to be real, you have to believe that your position in life is deserved and caused by your actions alone. Here's a quote from him then. The problem is, if you really believe in a society where those who merit to get to the top get to the top, you also, by implication and in a far more nasty way, believe in a society where those who deserve to get to the bottom also get to the bottom and stay there. In other words, your position in life comes to seem not accidental, but merited and deserved. And that makes failure seem much more crushing. That's Alain de Botton. It all sounds rather depressing, to be honest. Even those people who seem to shun the idea of wanting to be successful are only thinking about the sort of success that they see in magazines or on the TV. If you ask them if they desire success, they will say no. But then they will finish the sentence by saying that they just want to be a great mum. Each person has their own definition of what success means to them. Here's a quote. Success, the favourable or prosperous termination of attempts or endeavours, the accomplishment of one's goals. Now, whether the success you crave is material, financial, spiritual or maternal, you do have to absolutely define what success means to you because it's all too easy to just listen to other people's versions. 
Here's a quote. And the thing about a successful life is that a lot of the time, our ideas of what it would mean to live successfully are not our own. Again, that's Alain de Botton. But as long as we tread carefully and build up slowly, we can attain the success we deserve. We just need to watch out for some gotchas along the way. Now, recently, Russell Brown was on an Australian TV show where he said about this about his success. Here's a quote. We are told in our culture that it would be really good to be famous and rich, and it is compared to be really, really poor. Don't get me wrong. I'm not hoping that someone is going to sling me back into Essex working in a factory. I don't want to do that. But the glistening spectacle, we know this now, does not nourish us in a real way. So I was getting the things I thought I wanted as a kid, and I was thinking, this doesn't work. Why is this not working? That's Russell Brand. But sometimes our innate desire to succeed can have disastrous consequences. Just because it hasn't happened doesn't mean it won't. On 23rd of January 2003, a NASA flight director sent a message to the crew of the Space Shuttle Columbia stating that some foam had separated from the fuel tank on launch and hit the shuttle's wing. He said, we have seen this same phenomenon on several other flights and there is absolutely no concern for re-entry. Now, nine days later, the shuttle disintegrated on its return to Earth, the core's superheated air that had entered through the damaged wing. For NASA, the decisions that day led to the death of seven astronauts. How could an organisation full of immensely successful people that had seen the problem many times before have not paid it due attention? The phenomenon that caused the decisions that led to this disaster is called outcome bias. As humans, we have a tendency to ignore problems as long as things are going well. We are biased towards a positive, successful outcome, especially if we've never encountered any problems before. Quote, a decision based on the outcome of previous events without regard to how the past events developed, this is called outcome biased. Now, any person in any walk of life can fall foul of this problem. In the NHS, surgeons and senior consultants can allow themselves to make mistakes as they can often fail to forecast potential failure points in advance. In the military operating theatres in Afghanistan, another surgeon would be required to be in attendance as the operation was taking place. This second surgeon or consultant would deal with the overview of the op as the lead surgeon was deemed to be too engaged with the detail of the surgery to do both. So why is it that we tend to ignore the possibility of a poor or unsuccessful outcome? And what does this have to do with our own success? Now, in 2012, Tally Sharot of University College London found a correlation between our tendencies towards unrealistic optimism and the dopamine levels in our brains. Sharot says that it has probably been advantageous uh, from an evolutionary sense as it enhances motivation. She says, if you think you are more likely to succeed, you're more likely to explore. Here's a quote from Bill Gates. Success is a lousy teacher. It seduces smart people into thinking they can't lose. Another problem that might compound the issue is our ingrained tendency to conform. Groupthink. There is a part of the brain called the ventromedical prefrontal cortex, and it belongs to the reward center, the part of the brain that lights up when we find something we want. It also functions when we are told what others think. The more this part of the brain responds to information about a group's opinion, the more someone will adjust their opinion in line with the groups. This is called groupthink, and it can be found in many everyday situations as well as in more dynamic ones. Ever waited across the road in a crowd of people but you stood still, even when there was no traffic just because everyone else remained still? 
You were doing what the group was doing because you thought that those people couldn't all be wrong. In unfamiliar situations, groupthink can be advantageous to us, such as when driving abroad or learning foreign customs. Here we find it best to just follow the crowd. But sometimes groupthink gets people killed. Studies have shown that 70% of victims in a maritime accident are bewildered and have impaired reasoning. 15% exhibited irrational behaviours and only 15% stay calm and alert. Many people die in shipping incidents because they just do not attempt to leave the ship. They stay with the crowd falsely believing that it is the safest place to be. Paul Barney was a passenger who survived the sinking of the MS Estonia, a ferry which was crossing the Baltic Sea en route from Estonia to Stockholm on 20th of September 1994. 853 of his fellow passengers died. Here's a quote then from Paul. People were either stunned around me, they didn't move, they sat and didn't move, or they evacuated and ran into the ship. Now, I knew that the middle of the ship if there was any sort of degree of panic, would be the wrong place to go. And also, I didn't know the way to lifeboats or anything like that, but it was obvious to me to work your way up the ship. That was Paul Barney, a survivor of the MS Estonia disaster. There were many other factors that led to those passengers losing their lives that day, but groupthink and primal freeze were among them. The problem that humans have when faced with a dangerous situation is that the stress hormone cortisol is released from our adrenal glands into the blood. This is a good thing as it gives our muscles energy in the form of glucose so that we can run away from saber-toothed tigers and other such baddies. But it isn't very good for our brains. In fact, it takes away our working memory, the part that recalls how to do things like remembering the abandonment drill on a ship, for example. To be honest, in today's world, we probably don't need to be able to run away from tigers, but we do need to remember complicated instructions mental dexterity now being more important than physical prowess. Cortisol doesn't inhibit functional tasks like undoing a seatbelt or opening a car door. These tasks are ingrained. It's the learned tasks that are blocked out. It's why pilots go through periodic emergency simulator training, or special forces teams use kill houses to practice hostage rescue. This training enables them to perform whilst their thought processes are in a heavily compromised or handicapped state. So groupthink is bad in dangerous situations, but it can also hamper your efforts on the road to success. And that is because the group is normally wrong. This rule is based on the following criterion. If nine people all agree with something, then it is a strong indication that they are probably right. The 10th person will dare not disagree with them unless he or she is completely sure that they are right. Maybe the nine people are all subject experts. This is even more reason for the tenth person to have to be sure of themselves if they are to disagree. The more people agree and the more of an authority they are, the less likely you'll find someone to disagree with them. If you do, that person is either an idiot or is totally certain that he or she is right. If the majority was right, then Taylor Swift would be president by now. But this majority rule can be used to your advantage in your quest for success and total world domination. If you do what is normal in your industry or job, you'll be doing what everybody is doing and you will get the same results as everybody else. These will be average results. Innovation, on the other hand, is where you get exceptional results. Here's a quote then from someone you probably haven't heard of. Um, If you do everything like common people, then you will become only a common person. So the only thing is to become different and use a strange way to do things. Then you will succeed. I understand all the common people 
but I will try my best and do my utmost to exceed and surpass them. This is a Chinese business tycoon called Yan Yafei. I must admit that I didn't really know about this guy, and I found him in one of the Sunday um, the Sunday papers a while ago. He started on the street. Um, he started selling things from a cart, worked his way up, eventually got money, bought some houses, bought some property, that kind of thing. And now he um, owns Hamleys, the house of Fraser. He's worth £3.8 billion, and he knows only too well that if you do what others do, then you'll get what others get. And for most people, of course, that is fine. But it's not fine for you. Here's a quote. The object of life is not to be on the side of the majority, but to escape finding oneself in the ranks of the insane. Roman Emperor Marcus Aurelius. Well worth reading about that man. Harmony is therefore overrated. So when you hear the words consensus, look at it as an opportunity to shake things up a little bit and do things differently. So our well-planned attempts at becoming successful can be beset by problems. For a start, we can be blinded by the success of others and find it hard to genuinely define what success truly means to us as an individual. We often believe that everything will work out okay because we haven't been exposed to failure yet. Without anticipating potential failure points or even just the fact that you will have setbacks, you will be sailing into uncharted waters. Be very careful of groupthink, especially in dangerous situations, but understand that if you do what everyone else does, you'll get what everyone else gets. Being different is called innovating. So if you are truly sure that you want to be as successful as you can be, then you have to watch out for other people telling you that it can't be done. Remember that the success you desire has to be the success that you want and not somebody else's. Define what success looks like to you. Go out there and get it. I really appreciate you listening. I'm trying to cover a kind of diverse amount of subjects right now. And this was something that I just was looking at whilst I was in this job in Bristol, which in, in all honesty is, is worth a post in itself, to be, um, to be completely frank. Um, there are things I find in it which, is, which I'm quite inspired by. And there are things that are, are, are absolutely abhorrent, as I'm sure a lot of you are, are, are well aware from your own, your own jobs. Uh, and I will be discussing that a bit more in the future. But I do really appreciate you listening to these podcasts and I will, uh, as I said, um, try and cover some more diverse subjects in the future. I'm trying to get some films together as well. In fact, I filmed one the other day doing air combat. That's a 2v1 air combat split where I was in uh, the number two aircraft as a non-handling captain, obviously. But it is an absolutely night- it's a nightmare to film under 5G. I might even put the, uh, the rushes, as they call them, up just to see what they look like. And this is why Top Gun was, was not filmed by someone waving a GoPro around in the back cockpit because it just does not work. So um, it might be quite interesting for most of you there. The jets are tiny and the whole thing shakes around and it's just abusive on the, uh, on the mind and the soul. Right, um, okay, until next time, Fast Jet Performance, I'm Tim Davies. Thanks so much for listening.